Hi, Knox here. Happy Thanksgiving. I hope you had a nice meal and some good company. I did. So, I thought rather than do something political, which I often do on the 22nd of November, I did the Beatles album one yesterday for today, but I'm, here's another one. I thought we would do a reading from Rudolf Steiner, who was an early 20th century Christian mystic uh, and clairvoyant, and somebody who I think really knew what was going on. He was also the, the uh, founded the Waldorf schools, which you've heard of, I'm sure, and also biodynamic farming. Smart guy and a, a true visionary. So I'm just going to read from his a lecture until I'm out of time from July 27th, 1923 uh, on the spiritual individualities of the planets. And here we go. I want to add to what has previously been said some explanation of, of certain deeper foundations of, of world mysteries of which in modern civilization all knowledge has been lost. To realize the loss, we need think only of the modern conception of the planetary system, that it originated in some kind of rotating primeval nebula from which the various planetary bodies were dispersed. The speculations derived from this picture have led merely to the idea that there are no fundamental differences between these heavenly bodies, and this is the prevailing attitude towards them. If the whole planetary system is comprised in the picture of a ro rotating nebula, out of which the heavenly bodies gradually separated, what essential difference is there between, for example, example, the moon and Saturn? It is, of course, true that very important researches carried out during the 19th century into earthly substances, particularly the minerals, have been able to say a great deal about the material composition of the heavenly bodies and have worked out a certain kind of physics and chemistry for them. This has made it impossible for ordinary textbooks to give specific details about Venus, Saturn, the Moon, and so on. I'm going to skip ahead to where he actually talks about the Moon. We will think, to begin with, that the planet nearest the Earth, the planet whose history of uh, the, uh, the Earth's history, though only in a certain sense, is bound up, and one which played an extremely different part in early earthly life from the part it plays today. You know from my book, Occult Science and Outline, that there was once a cosmic age, relatively speaking, not in a very remote past, when the moon was still united with the earth. The moon then separated from the earth and now circles it. When we speak of the moon as a physical body in the heavens, its physical nature is only the, external, the most external revelation of the spiritual behind it. To those who have knowledge of both its outer and inner nature, the moon is in our universe presents itself to begin with as a gathering of spiritual beings living in great seclusion. Outwardly, the moon acts as a mirror of the universe. 
The fact that it reflects the light of the sun is evident to the most superficial observation. So we can say, what comes from the moon is the light of the sun, which is shown upon it and is then reflected. First and foremost, then, the moon is a mirror of the sun's light. Now, as you all know, what we see outside or in front of a mirror well, we see what is outside or in front of a mirror, but we do not see what is behind it. The moon is not the mirror of the sun's light only, for it reflects everything that radiates upon it. The radiations of the solar light being, of course, by far the strongest. All the heavenly bodies in the universe send their rays toward the moon, and the moon, as a mirror of the universe, then radiates them back in every direction. It can be said, therefore, that the universe is before us in a twofold aspect. It reveals itself in the environment of the earth and is radiated back by the moon. The sun's rays work with tremendous power in themselves and also in their reflection from the moon. But every other radiation in cosmic, uh, cosmic, cosmic space is reflected by the moon. There is the manifested universe, and there is also its reflection from the moon. Anyone capable of observing the mirror pictures thrown back by the moon in all directions would have the whole universe before him in reflection. Only that which is within the moon, that and that alone remains, if I may so express it, the moon's secret. It remains hidden, just as what is behind a mirror remains hidden. What is behind the outer surface of the moon and the innermost sphere of the moon is significant above all in its spiritual aspect. The spiritual beings peopling this innermost sphere of the moon are beings who shut themselves, shut themselves off in strict seclusion from the rest of the universe. They live in their moon fortress, and only someone who, by developing certain abilities connected with the human heart, succeeds in relating himself to the sun's light in such a way that he does not see the reflection from the moon. Only for such a man does the moon become as if it were inwardly transparent, and he can penetrate into this moon fortress of the universe. He then makes the significant discovery that the utterances through the teachings of these those beings who have withdrawn into seclusion in this moon fortress, certain secrets can be revealed that were once in the possession of the most advanced spirits on the earth, but have long since been lost. The farther we go back in the evolution of the earth, the less we do we find the abstract truths that are the pride of present-day humanity. More and more we find pictures, truths expressed in pictures. We wrestle our way through the deeply significant truths still preserved as a last echo of Oriental wisdom in the Vedas and the Vedanta philosophy. We press on to the primal revelations hidden behind the myths and the sagas, and we realize with wonder and awe that a glorious wisdom was once possessed by men who received it without intellectual effort as grace from the spiritual worlds. 
And finally, we come to all that was once taught to primeval humanity on Earth by the beings who have now withdrawn into the moon fortress in the universe after leaving the Earth together with the moon. A certain memory was preserved of what these beings had once revealed to the peoples of a remote past, to men whose nature was quite different from the human beings, uh, from from human nature as it is today. If we succeed in fathoming this mystery, I will call it the moon mystery of the universe. We realize that these beings who have now entrenched themselves in the moon fortress were once the great teachers of earthly humanity, but all consciousness of the realities of spirit and soul hidden in this fortress has been lost. What is still transmitted to the earth from the heavens represents only what the outer surface, the walls, as it were, of the moon fortress radiate back from the rest of the universe. And I'm out of time, and this is Knox, riding the wild bubble with you, forever, over and out, but just for the night.